Well, welcome everybody to episode 33 of the Blah Valve podcast. We're your hosts, Alex and Tucker. This week, there was a Formula One race, kind of. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some uh, kind of fun things that we've kind of had personal experience with in the last uh, week, week and a half. Um, but we want I did want to touch on Spa. So the Belgian Grand Prix is is held at one of the most famous racetracks in the world, Spa-Francorchamps. And, and uh, it's an epic track in the woods and um, normally it would be very exciting. But this GP, it basically just rained. <laughs> throughout all yeah. of free practice, all of qualifying. Yeah. Um, it was a real train wreck. Uh, you know, the only bright spot, I think, for me was the fact that George Russell in the terrible conditions managed to qualify second yeah. with the Williams. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. But the real kind of craziness of this race was um, on Sunday, they basically tried to start, red flagged the session because the rain was too heavy. It was too dangerous. We won't go into all the details, but basically they kept postponing the start of the race. And there's a rule in the FIA rule with regards to, you know, allotting driver points and constructor points and all that stuff basically says you have to run at least two laps of a race for the race to be considered to have taken place. Uh, mm-hmm. And you have to run at least, I believe, half of the laps in a race for full points to be awarded to everybody. Okay. Uh, so what happened was they thought they had a slight break in the weather to run. They went out behind the safety car. So they started behind the safety car. So to remind anyone that may not know, you're not allowed to pass when you're behind the safety car. So everybody kept the same positions that they started, you know, that they qualified in, essentially. They did two laps, so now they have officially raced, quote-unquote, according to the FIA, at least for getting partial points awarded. And then they red-flagged the session again. And eventually, they just stopped the race completely. And uh, so it set the record for the shortest amount of distance traveled for any Grand Prix. Yeah. And uh it really was just an I think kind of a a shambles of a race. The the fans that were waiting to watch the race that were on the hillsides, that were in the stands, they're sitting out there in the rain. It's cold. <laughs> and and you know a lot of those people paid hundreds and hundreds of euros to get tickets. And um so a lot of people were thinking or at least speculating that this all happened so that the sponsors of the race would be on the hook for paying the, the sponsorship money. The fans wouldn't be able to get their money back because a, a race happened. Um, and oddly enough, Nikita Mazepin got yeah. fastest lap, <laughs> but he didn't get a driver point because he wasn't in the top 10. Uh, so it just, it was a complete disaster. I don't know. what if, I think what, so. You know, when you look at it, like, historically, it's crazy that that hasn't happened before. I know. Like, that's almost like a un, unprecedented. And I yeah. guess that's just weird. You know, like, mm-hmm. the amount of rain they were getting to some extent. And um, it's a little bit unfortunate because it's such a cool track. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, 
you know, I, I don't know who, I don't remember if he actually said this or not, but somebody said he said it. So <laughs> maybe yeah. he did. But uh, Verstappen out front was like, oh, it's fine. It's All this is fine. <laughs> and then George Russell behind him was like, I can't see shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah the- you know, the so the reality is, like, it, that's not safe. It's well, just not safe. And if, yeah. you know, there was a big accident, somebody got hurt, somebody got killed. Mm-hmm. we'd all feel really stupid about it. And so yeah. I think, I guess from the the standpoint of it being unprecedented, maybe they just mm-hmm. thought, oh, it's going to break. It always breaks. You know, historically, yeah. it's the weather's always broken and, and at some point, so we should be able to still do this. But mm-hmm. I think what would have been really nice is had they just, you know, said, we're done. Yeah, whatever. Give the fans their money back because that's crazy. And mm-hmm. maybe you negotiate with the sponsors and see if they'll cut you a little bit of money. And then you just move on because it'd be really nice to get another race out there because it's just such a fun track. And so you kind of burned the weekend. But one of my um, uh, colleagues was saying, he's like, well, you know, I got to watch some guys play cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to take a nap. And mm-hmm. I learned that Martin Brundle doesn't have anything useful to say. <laughs> and I was like, well, you got to give the guys some credit. Yeah, no you kidding. You basically had to kill three, three hours. hours yeah. No, it's funny. <laughs> I So, you know, it is funny that this has never really happened before. There, there was famously um, uh, a situation where um, Nikki Lauda, who, you know, famously had... Uh, you know, a bad accident uh, was burned over a large part of his body. He came back that year to continue racing and was competing with James Hunt for the title in 76. And they, the last race of the season was at Suzuka in Japan. And the rain was so bad. And Laudy was telling them, like, you sh- need to red flag the race. Like, this is dangerous. And they're out there battling, you know, Lauda, if he wins the race, is the would be the world champion that year. And he famously pitted and got out of the car, much to Ferrari's annoyance and anger because he cost them constructor points. But he said, this is too dangerous. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm willing to risk my life, you know, racing, but I'm not willing to risk yeah. my life racing you know, in stupid, in such conditions. stupid conditions. And, uh, you know, so I think, it, you know, and, and it could have gone way worse than it did. You know, Lando Norris in qualifying had a really bad accident yeah, going up. Rouge, I mean. and, and then, oh my gosh, you know, look at terrible Perez, you know, like just, uh, just mm-hmm. a slight error yeah. at low speed and when he's into the freaking wall. So it's well, like, and I don't know, if, you know, I don't know if you saw the support race, the W series race, the women's uh, race. <clears throat> there was a horrific six car accident, basically the exact same place where Norris crashed and like multiple cars hitting each other. Uh, one car got got thrown into the air. Luckily, all the drivers were were OK. A couple of them were taken to the hospital to be evaluated, but luckily they were all largely unhurt. But I mean, it could have been really tragic um yeah one of one of the female drivers in the in the w series race like i think her car landed like it got rolled 
and like landed on the halo, you know, that halo cage like two or yeah. three times. So I mean, without the halo, like who knows if she would have survived. I mean, it was just nuts. So, you know, it really was a race. I mean, it never should have happened. Qualifying should have been canceled. Basically, that's that's my feeling. You know, and you know, we live in a time where safety's more valuable enough. than you know, yeah, yeah than the entertainment factor. Yeah, it's dangerous enough to have guys flying around in, you know, these insane high downforce cars at 200 miles an hour. We don't need to add, you know, any more danger to it. So it was just yeah. kind of a shame what happened at such a cool track. Um, uh, I think they're they're back next week for the Dutch Grand Prix at Zandvoort, and hopefully better conditions for that. But uh, the FIA the FIA put out a statement said they're they're going to be kind of looking into how they could have handled things better and, and whatnot. So we'll see what comes of that. But we yeah. did want to touch on that, you know, because normally we do cover the F1 races fairly in depth. <clears> and um, this one was, never, in my opinion, it wasn't a race <laughs> because there was no competition. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, but we did want to mention a couple of things. So this past week I was, uh, my wife and I went out to LA uh, for a vacation. We're out in Santa Monica, stayed in Santa Monica, but did a lot of stuff um kind of in Los Angeles proper. And one of the things we did was go to the Peterson Automotive Museum, which if you have a chance to ever go to LA or you live near there or anything like that, I would highly encourage you to go. It was an absolutely amazing uh, building. The um, Peterson family, uh, Peterson uh, basically started Hot Rod Magazine and subsequently started a lot of the other kind of you know, interest magazines, you know, yachting life and, you know, whatever, all these kind of, you know, uh, and so he made his millions off of publishing and he had the building that the Peterson is in was actually a building he had bought to kind of expand his publishing empire into, uh, but he actually sold his publishing company before they ever moved into that building. So he just had this building (laughs) and he donated it uh to um the city was kind of wanting to start uh, an automotive museum so he kind of needed the 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 building and then part of his car collection which was quite extensive uh but now i mean it's an amazing collection i mean they have a lot of cars that are borrowed from local collectors and stuff like that um and they do different displays so uh it's oh that's cool yeah it's it's three stories of of regular visitors can go and then they have a basement area, which is like their storage area, which you can also buy separate tickets to called the vault, uh, which they have another 250 odd cars down there. And, uh, so on the third floor, when we went, there was a supercars, you know, history of supercars kind of exhibit. And they had an Enzo an F40, um, a five twelve Berlinetta boxer Ferrari, they had uh, an amazing Mercedes 300 SL Gullwing, uh, black with black wheels, all all factory. Uh, they had. I'm looking original... back at all the pictures you see. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just taking a look at these cars. You know, it's just amazing. Yeah. They had a, a I think I see that Mercedes. Yeah, an original Shelby. They had an original Ford GT. Yep. Uh, they had. St- Jaguar XKSS, which was absolutely beautiful. That was Emily, my wife. That was her favorite car. The second floor was kind of a mix of stuff, but they had some amazing Porsches. They had a 962 that raced at Le Mans. 
they had um, a uh, a 991 911RSR race car. Uh, they had a big. They had a Formula One car collection, including one of Senna's Lotuses, which was really oh, cool. cool. Um, and then on the main floor, they had movie cars. So they had the uh, Batmobile from the Michael Keaton Batman mm-hmm. movies. They had the motorcycle that came out of the Tumblr in the in the Dark Knight uh, series. Oh, the DeLorean. They had a DeLorean from Back to the Future. <laughs> they had. Uh, multiple cars from um uh from blade runner 2077 is 2077 the newest one sweet um they had the police car from demolition man which i really got a kick (laughs) out of (laughs) um but in the lobby the first thing you see when you walk up to the doors to get in was uh, a mclaren f1 lm it's the, oh, I it's, see it. yeah. it's the first time I've ever seen a McLaren F1 in person, and it was one of the ones that raced at Le Mans in the beautiful Fina uh, livery. Uh, it was just that that alone was worth the trip. Um, yeah. And then in the vault, oh. they had some amazing cars. They had um, they had the first Ferrari official Ferrari badged car uh, ever. So the first street Ferrari that wasn't a race car. Uh, they had some. Um, they had some amazing coach-built Mercedes. Uh, they had a couple coach-built Bugattis that were just absolutely stunning. Um, I mean, it. If you're any sort of car person, or even if you're not a car person and you just appreciate beautiful art and s- sculpture, um, you'll find things there that that will just you know yeah pop your jaw yeah i can see a volkswagen bus in the background (laughs) yeah they had they had volkswagen bus i would have sent you pictures from the vault but you're not allowed to have any photography down there um the only thing i missed out on and i because i didn't know about it was they had a separate room in the vault that you could also buy tickets to called luftgekult which is the the uh air-cooled 9-11 gathering and so it was all Porsches. And I, I saw some pictures oh, yeah, yeah. from in there and there were like 935s and 962 race cars. And so I'm a little sad I didn't get to see that. But, you know, we, we were they, there. For, they must they must partition that off knowing. They know that there's of... Porsche guys that are coming just for there's that. There's like a lot of, you know, there's the, the, yeah. the Tesla stands or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're going to come and they're going to They're stand. coming in. Yeah. It, and then they had a really cool room dedicated that was like a Pininfarina exhibit that kind of went through the oh, history that's cool. of Pininfarina and all the all the cars that they designed over the years, which is really cool, uh, including the Pininfarina Batista concept, the, their new kind of EV hybrid supercar they're coming out Wait. with. So it was it was just phenomenal, man. I I really loved it. We were there for the best part of I think three and a half hours, and uh, wow. it was. Good for Emily. Yeah, she was she was a trooper. She (laughs) She really hung in there. Uh, And yeah, and LA in general, just obviously phenomenal car culture. I mean, it's really funny though. It's its own little bubble. Like cars that are rare everywhere else are a dime a dozen in LA. Like I I saw more. It's like the mecca of so much of that. You know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I saw more customized Mercedes G sixty three you know, SUVs 
yeah, in like dime a dozen two blocks than yeah. I've seen in the last like two years, you know. Dime a dozen. <laughs> it was it was pretty it was pretty awesome. I I would highly encourage anyone to go check it out. Uh, it's actually the tickets are very reasonable. They're like twenty twenty five bucks, um, and you know you can drool over stuff that you're not, you know, you're never gonna see outside of you know a concourse. So it was it was excellent. Yeah. Um, very but cool. I was not the only one with news <clears throat> with, with some happenings last week. So, uh, yes, you sent you sent uh, me some pictures on Thursday. So what what happened? Yeah, so the 2002 has finally arrived. Yes, um, after we went what, out a month and, month yeah. and a half at the yeah, basically yeah. I mean, we kind of went out to LA and. I was pretty much around the 4th of July time, maybe a little before mm -hmm. to kind of take a look at it and get a PPI done and stuff. And then mm -hmm. I left it down there to sort out a few things. Um, you know, most of them were pretty minor stuff like, you know, uh, the bushings and the shifter needed replacing cause it, you know, was kind of just loose, mm -hmm. um, you know, and so they helped, helped out with, kind of just a few minor things, you know, flushed out the brake fluid. When I test drove it, I was like, God, these are really squishy. But, mm -hmm. you know, we think that the car probably sat for quite a while before it, you know, got used. So there was probably yeah, a little bit of, you know, yeah. And so they flushed that and we were kind of planning to do more brake work. But once they got it flushed, they were like, you know, these are just fine. Mm -hmm. um, and so we didn't really need to mess with that. So that was kind of nice. Nice. Um, and so they just kind of sorted a few things, you know, there was a little bit of squirrely, you know, it's a 50 year old car. And, mm -hmm. you know, in this case, there's not, I don't have like, unfortunately, like all of the history with it. So, mm -hmm. you know, I know it was restored. It was in really nice shape. Mm -hmm. um, it was restored really Europe, right? As far as, you yeah. Know. And then it, as far as I know, and then it came over here and it was right. purchased in, 2017 or 2016 on LA and was just kept by a collector. So mm -hmm. I don't know that they were driving it much, but I remember from the, you know, when it got traded in um, or sold, it had like some engine knocking. And so mm -hmm. some of the pistons, I guess, were a little bit crooked in the engine for never, or maybe they were just never messed with. Mm -hmm. And so they re-sleeved it and kind of rebuilt the engine. Mm -hmm. um, which was the cost of, you know, dealership selling it a pretty penny, mm -hmm. unfortunately for them. But <laughs> so it had had like a lot of work done to it. It was in really good shape. And so it got, you know, delivered up here. And then immediately we just had like crazy amounts of rain and stuff. And I'm not, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really want to drive it in the rain. You know, it's like, it's, a, it's, it's got skinny amazing. tires. It's yeah. You know, and, and the thing is like, it doesn't have much rust on it and they really did like a bolts off restoration and really repainted everything. And so yeah, it's, it's in good shape for a car that's 50 years old, that really probably shouldn't have lasted longer than a decade. Yeah, you know, right. they didn't, they didn't do much in the way of trying to, you know, rust proof it. And yeah. Back then, you know, it was a, it was an economy car. I think, you know, adjusted for inflation, these things, you know, would be selling for probably 25 to 30,000 today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, it was like you know, the Honda was, Civic of Germany. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. And so um, <laughs> even when the guy was like taking it off the truck, he's like, I, 
I, I could use some help on the back here because this car is so narrow. It's just so tiny. Like mm-hmm. I just need some guidance. So I stay on the ramps, oh, you know, getting sure, it off, yeah. getting it off the truck. Cause it's like so freaking narrow. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure like as a transporter, he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, he just, and yeah, no, he just, he just like dropped off a Lamborghini Aventador, yeah. you know, in the Ozarks before he came up here, which probably took up the whole truck. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like twice as wide as your 2002, (laughs) you know, but one of the things I thought was cool, I didn't get a, I, I saw it up on the second deck. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really get like a detailed look at it. So I don't know what it was, but I I think it was uh, some kind, you know, Porsche from the 1950s. Mm -hmm. Um, We were just briefly chatting about it. And he was like, you know, the cool thing was when I made all these stops and was, you know, dropping off, a Lamborghini or, you know, a Ferrari or whatever. A lot of mm-hmm. people are like, can, can we take the Porsche and the BMW with us? <laughs> <laughs> those off here too? So I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. You know, that like, there's a lot of people that look at these and they're like, man, that's pretty it's cool car. Neat. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it is. It, yeah. It scratches a different itch. Like obviously it really does. It and a Lamborghini have very little overlap, but <laughs> they're, they're neat in, in very unique ways to each other. Yeah, I I just love the fact that it's so it's just such a cute car. Like it yeah. literally is, you know, not something that I would want to be driving like in intense traffic because it is so damn small, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is fun to zip around, you know, the neighborhood. It's fun to go get coffee, donuts, run mm-hmm. a quick errand or something in it. So, um, so what was the first when you finally got to drive it? What was it like? You know, it's funny because I was, I just took it around like the neighborhood really quickly to just kind of see what was what thing mm-hmm. that I remembered from the test drive in LA, like, okay, how do the brakes feel? What's the shifter feel like? You know, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And so we zipped around the neighborhood and then um, my wife had to go to work. So then I was like, okay, I'll just take it out to like a surrounding community. And so I was on, you know, back road that was, you know, 55 and, Mm-hmm. this thing's from europe so it's in kilometers per hour and so i'm like okay what what are these numbers <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> so i'm like trying to guess like i think it's around 100 <laughs> yeah yeah i was gonna say it's probably around 100 110 <laughs> so um and it and it just you know it zipped right along and so Sweet. um felt pretty planted you know gear shifted really nicely you know the engine yeah. sounds great Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when I got it back, it sat for the weekend and then I was going to go take it out the other morning mm-hmm. and it's a very simple car, which is great in, in many ways, I guess, mm-hmm. but, uh, basically it has like two warning lights. One is oil pressure mm-hmm. and one is an electrical light. And so one of the things I had noticed was when I drove over to my wife's parents' place to have them check it out when we were driving over there, I was like making a left and it stalled on me, you know, like in motion, mm. um, you know, with the accelerator off and, and the clutch off, but I was in motion. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was like thinking like, oh, that's kind of weird. And so then I noticed this light come on afterward on the way home. And so I was thinking, you know, I know they did a little bit of electrical sorting down there, but mm-hmm. it's kind of weird in the sense that it's on when, you know, you, it's at low, it's at idle basically. And then as soon as you start to, you know, drive up the RPMs, it goes away. So 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably a, it could be a few things. I'm thinking, you know, I checked the battery. It looks pretty new voltage on that looks okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, all this wiring is from the seventies. It looks like, so yeah. Yeah. it's old. It's kind of, you know, crinkly. Some of the things are frayed. And, yeah. And so I think I'm going to spend probably like the next couple weeks just recrimping a bunch of, um, stuff in the charging circuit. <clears throat> yeah. And then, um, I've hunted down a couple of replacement parts. Uh, you know, yeah. there's in a lot of alternators, I guess, modern ones at least, the voltage mm-hmm. regulations all done internally. But on these things, it was like a little tiny box that does it. So I'm going to work a little bit on kind of, you know, recrimping some elect- electrics, replace that mm-hmm. uh, voltage regulator, kind of see where we're at. And then I'm hoping it's not, you know, an alternator issue, but it might be because. I think mm-hmm. that alternator came with a car, so it's right. Yeah, it's had fifty years, years old, it. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it's I funny. It's I remember the advent. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say I was, I, rem- I just remember you telling me. I I don't even remember if it was on the podcast or just in our discussions, you know, uh, elsewhere that you you don't buy a car like that. If you buy a car like this, you have to expect you're going to have to do some basic wrenching. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what there's a guy in town who can work on these and he, we talked a lot about this before I pulled the trigger and he just said I know it's been really well restored. Mm-hmm. You know, I looked at the pictures you sent. This thing looks really in great condition, but here's the thing. These are all 50-year-old cars and there will always be something that you're going to be tweaking and stuff because it's Right you know, you're keeping something going that really shouldn't be going at this point. And so um, some of it's in my wheelhouse, you know, I think some of it is a, all the electrical stuff is mostly in my wheelhouse just from messing Mm -hmm. with, you know, growing up with equipment on the, on our farm and just Mm -hmm. doing a decent amount of electrical work. So that stuff doesn't really intimidate me. The, The one thing that I really hope it is not is just, bad wiring buried mm-hmm. in the car because having to redo like wiring cable like wiring harnesses and stuff that's going to be a project um yeah i so, mean because then you're you messing know, with like firewalls like dressing route stuff yeah and, and you just, know you can probably get it routed but boy it would just be it would be a hell of a project and um, mm-hmm. so it, it all comes kind of comes down to bandwidth i like these projects they're a lot of fun mm-hmm. but i kind of like them within reason and then once they you know, get out of scope of what I'm interested in having, you know, to be fun, then it's mm-hmm. probably getting somebody else involved. So <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm gonna try to like get things sorted a little bit here and then get it back out on the road, you know, before the driving season's done for the year. But mm-hmm. I don't have like a ton of stuff that I want to modify on it, but there's some some things I think I might do. You mm-hmm. know, the headlights can could use a, a rework there you know, getting a little mm-hmm. bit of rust on the inside on them. Um, mm-hmm. There's some options for kind of powering those up a little bit. And so mm-hmm. that could be kind of a useful uh, yeah. change Make a to the car. But at night. the problem with the car is that it is very original. It's very much from the, you know, 1970s, all the parts. And so I'm trying to use OEM stuff as much as possible because I don't I don't want to like pervert it. If I wanted to pervert yeah. it, I probably would have just bought something a lot lot less, you know. Well, yeah, expensive. I mean that's that's when you buy like the, you know, 
kind of ratted out one because you're going to strip it down and do a bunch of stuff to it anyways. Yeah, it's crazy you stuff. You like the you fact know. that this is like a time warp. Exactly. So I'm trying to, you know, where I've got to do some work on, I'm really trying to like keep it as authentic as possible just in the spirit of things because I don't really want to modify this thing. Yeah, you know? no, I, I think that's reasonable. I, I know you mentioned kind of maybe trying to get a, a, you know, some sort of like, you know, audio system in there and then maybe an exhaust, but um, yeah, down the line. But I, I think, I mean, trying to keep it as original as possible while understanding the fact that it's a driver and you want to put some miles on and you want to enjoy it. Like, yeah. You know, that I think that all makes sense. Like it's not going to, it's not going to be sitting in your garage gathering dust and drying out. You know, it's, you're, yeah, you're going to use no. it. That's the thing, you know, I, I, I want in the, in the spring, summer and fall, mm-hmm. I want to get this baby out. I mean, just the other day when I was driving back, you know, I was going through this neighborhood. I, dr- I drive through quite a bit and this lady's just yelling from her porch, like, awesome car, man. Nice car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I guarantee you that lady, you know, we drove by in, in your 911 or the Taycan mm-hmm. wouldn't have even cared. Wouldn't have said it. But that's, something about this car just was like, that so, is awesome. <laughs> that's the funny thing with collector vintage cars is like, you could have spent 30 grand on it or 300 grand on like a, you know, rotisserie restored concourse car. Yeah, It doesn't matter. Like people almost universally young, old, whatever, respond to old cars in a really like it makes people happy like people smile yeah. when they see a 60s corvette going down the road yeah. or a yeah, yeah, old muscle yeah. car or like you know like a car like yours you know versus yeah, like some got of the- it in their first job in the 70s or they had a yeah. beater one in the 80s in college or something you know yeah it takes it takes the, it takes people back you know, yeah. <laughs> like for young people, it looks so different than anything else that it's like, oh, that's kind of neat. And then for older people, it takes them back to a different time in their lives. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've never really seen anyone say something bad or be negative towards someone driving a, an old classic car. But I've seen plenty of people be negative towards people driving, you know, modern sports cars yeah. and stuff like that. Because, yeah, and that's. And that's one of the flavors that it is just different, you know, driving mm-hmm. this thing. And it's, I mean, the thing, thing looks like it's, I, I don't know why I keep, I keep saying this and it reminds you, but it's like, it just reminds you of something like cruising around in Havana, Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> you got a straw it's, hat on. You just need like a big cigar. <laughs> yeah, it's just been kept alive <laughs> for 50 years working as a taxi. <laughs> well, I, I so hope you, it. I hope you kind of get it sorted I'm, I'm i am glad you were able to get out in it and kind of see what it's like around here but um you know i think it'll be it'll be a, it'll be fun to kind of see how it plays out and yeah it'll be it an adventure out. it's going to be an adventure on the road and off the road <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh well uh i think that's about all i had on the agenda for this week what about you man you good yeah yeah that sounds great all right well thanks so much for listening everybody we'll be back uh next week um assuming there is a dutch grand prix we'll recap it i'm sure uh until then just feel free to uh go to our instagram off valve podcast and uh, you can get updates on the show and and interact with us there 
and be sure to you know rate us, leave comments, um, reviews on iTunes and Podbean, all that stuff really helps us out. So until then, we'll see you next week.